0: You gotta handle the rock with flair and rhythm if you wanna be judged on wood grain and concrete courts in New York. This ain't no nickel and dime. It's dribbling dimes where scoring never looked this good, I guarantee it. But was your reputation built from the playground up, or did you call next and they took that ish? all cause you weren't as fast as police and ambulance sirens, Or as loud as Mr. Softy ice cream? No. You see, this is New York City hoops in prime time. As beautiful as the skyline, it's dribbling and Dimes. What's going on, y'all? This is a New Poet.
1: And this is your boy, Manny Digital. Welcome to another quarantine edition of the Dribble and Dimes podcast. Today, we're rocking with another Rice Raider, y'all. <laughs> Rice
2: Raiders in the building.
1: Now... Being a Raven, it saddens me a little bit. Now nah, I'm bullshitting. I, I, I actually we we've talked about it plenty on the podcast. We we love the we, we actually do have a lot of love for Rice um, because yeah. of the the competitiveness of it. But genuinely, like I feel like there's a there's a big um, uh, I'll call it like synergy between the two yeah. schools. And and I'd say that for a lot of the programs. But generally, those two schools produce upstanding individuals that go on to you know really be exemplary human beings um, yeah. not knocking anybody else but like you know that's something that i i've personally been able to see wait don't don't say nothing yet don't say nothing yet because i ain't say your name yet hold on hold on hold on oh, no, all right, he, he played at rice he uh came up playing with luis gomez edgar sosa curtis kelly if i'm not mistaken yeah. um Luis guzman Luis, what'd I say? I say Gomez. My, damn. Luis, Luis, my bad, Luis. You know I know you were Guzman, yeah,
0: And we just had him on and the show. We just had him on the
1: show. God Yo, damn.
0: Forgive us, Luis. quarantine.
1: Yeah, played. He played for the Gauchos. Um, he went on to play after Rice uh, at Seton Hall for a season, then transferred over to Iona, played. I think it was one other season there, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, right? And then he ultimately finished and got his degree at Iona, uh Sorry, at John Jay. Uh, university. He is a uh, like I said, chose guy. Uh, Book Richardson is one of the people that I know. He talks very highly about. Um, anytime I see him, he is currently a sports agent, and I believe the name of the sports group is Unlimited. Correct?
2: Unlimited. Yes. All
1: right. With nice. us today is the man
2: Kashif. Bratt. Appreciate you guys for having me, man. Appreciate you guys.
0: Yes, man. Wait, 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 wait. Before we continue and get real professional and shit, I just want to ask you a question. You ever mm. heard uh, I Got a Story to Tell, Biggie? You know what I saw? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so- You so, can't ask so, that. You can't
1: say, yo, no, no, have no, no, you heard?
0: Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait, I just wanted to pre- preface this, this, this the question. It was a, I figure you did, but I don't like to assume shit. But anyway, here's the question. The reason I asked, he said in the song, he said, one of them 6'5 niggas, I don't know how what tall you are, but I, how tall is you
2: real quick? I'm 6'4". Ah.
0: So, all right, cool. I was close, though. All so right, Biggie was about...
2: rumor, the, the rumor is the stories about John Starks.
1: Really? So, here's what I heard. I heard. I heard, well, you would know better. The rumor I heard was it was Anthony Mason.
2: I, I, I would, I. you know what? It's crazy how they say the rumors about John Starks, but when you listen to, like, how he's describing it, it sounds more like an Anthony Mason or someone else. Mm. It doesn't sound like John Starks. That's interesting. That's a I, good
0: point because he was kind of scared. And John Starrs do like he could be scared. But Anthony Mason, you better be trying to rob somebody. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you don't want exactly. to be caught screwing his woman.
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: Yo, so um, let's see. I, I want to – we usually start like how did you get into hoops and all that. And we're going to get there. But there's – I guess I can't even call it a rumor because I got it from a verifiable source. But I want to ask mm-hmm. you. There was a pact that was made coming out of the chose. I wanna say maybe eighth grade. It In was grade. it was you, it was Luis Guzmán, it was Edgar Sosa, Edgar Sosa and Curtis was it Kelly. Curtis Kelly? Okay. And Ter-
2: and Terrell McKenzie.
1: And Terrell McKenzie. Right. You guys said, yo, no matter what, we all go into the same school, high school, when mm-hmm. this is all said and done.
2: We were running through the city, seventh grade, eighth grade basketball, like just running through everybody. Like I don't think I can't remember the game we lost in New York um, at all in those two years. I really don't know if there was many games we lost. Um, so, yeah, we were all talking about sort of going to the same school. And, again, like I said before, we didn't had three coaches in three years. And um, in eighth grade, uh, our coach was Mark Jones. Okay. And Mark Jones was the assistant coach of Paramus Catholic in New Jersey, in Paramus, New Jersey. Yep. And we all went to visit the school. We all spent the day at the school. And it was great. I mean, they gave us the uh, Air Jordan 16s, the uh, the yellow-beige joints. Thank you. The yellow-beige uh, joints. Um, and we was like, wow. We was like, man, like, shit, we could do it. And then it, for me, it was like, I was the first person they picked up, because I guess I lived the furthest in the Bronx. Okay. So it picked me up real early, like 5, 5.30. And then we went and picked up somebody else, then uh, Lude and Edgar. And I'm just like, hold on. Like, this to been every fucking morning? Like.
0: I'm not sure. Like, I'm I'm
2: 12 years old. Like, I'm not about to be. I'm like, man, I want to go to Rice anyway. Like, I'm doing this (laughs) because, like, I'm entertaining this because of the pack we made. But, like, I know in my heart I wanted to go to Rice. Like, I had Rice shorts in sixth grade, seventh grade. I used to watch those guys practice at the Gaucho Gym. You know, RJ Barrett, Kenny, Saddisfair, those guys are from my neighborhood. Like, wow. I saw those guys. Those are guys I looked up to. So, like, I knew, like, man, I want to go to Rice, but I'm like, I'm definitely going to consider this because, you know, we're boys, like let's let's figure it out. And I think I was the first one that said, it, "Like I ain't doing it. Mm. I'm going to Rice." And it was and, then, and it was all
1: off the strength of like, "Yo, this shit's kind of far." Like that far. that was the biggest it's thing.
2: Far, it was it was too far. And and, and I I knew the Rice history. And, and like Mo Hicks was good with me. Uh, Dwayne Mitchell, you know, I've known him since I was five years old playing at the Gauchos. He's assistant coach at Rice. Um, assistant coach Derek Haynes, his son played with us at the Gauchos. Sixth grade, seventh grade. So like I was already familiar with Rice. Like I would go up to there, you know, Mohix had a tournament called The Young World, which is like one of the best tournaments for kids in, in New York. It was in Harlem. I'll go up there, and hang out with like my guy Stafford. He was on our team at Rice. Like he was a year older than us. Like it was love, right? And I was just like, man, it's a real like bonus, a real community. Like I would see it. Like I go to, you know, gauchos and watch them practice and you watching like Kenny Satisfied, Andre Barrett, and Kevin Bell, Andre Sweet, Kyle Cuff. The following years, you got, like, Russell Robinson or Turo Dubois. Like, you're like, man, like, you want to be a part of something like this. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Big Shigari. You know Shigari? I knew Shigari since I was a kid playing at Gaucho. It's like, so you're like, man, you want to be a part of something. Like, and it's like, Paramus, like, hey, we can start something. Yeah. And it's like, hey, it's kind of two things. Like, you want to start something, you want to be a part of something. Like, and then for me, I was like, man, I ain't got no problem starting something, but it's kind of far, like. I'm <laughs> going, I'm going to I'm going the Rice route, like, and I think Curtis was like, I'm gonna probably go to All Hallows. Uh and Edgar, you know, wasn't deciding to school yet, and, you know, Lewis and Terrell was like, but we're we going to Paramus Catholic, like, you know what I'm saying, and that's how that went, so then in the summertime came, um, Rice had this, like, summer freshman program in the whole month of July. It was like right after July job for all the incoming freshmen did like a month of school. We did like schoolwork and things like that. And it was probably like early June when you had to pick up like your stuff, your shirt and everything. And I had everything in the pack and I had to go to Gauch's next day. And Curtis was like, Yo, you so are you serious? You going to rice? And I'm like, Yeah, it's like you going on Hollows? He was like, Yeah, but I don't know. Like I gotta to talk to my mom and like you going to rice, like I don't think I'm going to rice. <laughs> And Kurt changed his mind. He changed his mind, decided to come to Rice, and we gotta admit he was in the summer program. And now, people, Edgar didn't go to the summer program. Edgar still didn't know where he was going to school. And it was the day before school started, and we were in a gaucho gym. And I'm like, so, so, so what, school, what school are you going to? And he was like, man, I don't know yet, man. Like, it's a hard decision. Like, it's like, man, i probably, man, I probably end up going to my own school, Just like, probably like George Washington or something yeah,
1: like that. Yeah, yeah,
2: G-Dub. Like, He's like, I'll probably go to my zone school for my freshman year and then, like, figure it out after that. And I'm like, yo, hell no. Like, <laughs> can't do that. Like, you got to come to Rice. Like, now I'm going to call him. I called Mo Hicks. Like, yo, Edgar don't know what school he going to. Like, we got to get Edgar and Rice, man. Like, he's like, yo, bring him to school with you tomorrow. You know, tell him to wear a shirt and tie, slacks and shoes. Like, so Edgar comes to school and literally, like, Edgar so he's one of the best ninth graders in the city. Everyone knew who he was. He was able to fit in his first day of school. None of the teachers, like, wasn't familiar. They knew a couple of kids that went to the student thing in the summer, but he fit in like a regular freshman. He went to every one of my classes, and they would take attendance, and it would be, so who name I didn't call on? He's like, what's your name? Edgar Sosa. And i will and be like, man, nah, he's you know he's not on the list. You know, we're getting him registered later on, like, later on in the day at lunchtime. <laughs> and I said that the whole day, and he wound up getting registered after school, after the day started. Like, after the day ended, he got registered to school. Like, and this is the whole first day and, and not is, even a student.
1: This is in the summer?
2: This was this was in September. Oh, okay. So y'all had a wow. summer
1: basketball camp. We had a
2: some. No, we had a summer like academic. Program. Oh, okay, like, okay, whole, okay. All the incoming freshmen, okay. basketball or not, got it. Had to attend. So you brought him.
1: So wait. So was he already registered somewhere else at that point? Probably,
2: probably at GW. GW, right?
1: So you was he like, was "Yo, automatic. come through." He went and spent the day. day.
2: And every no, but not even spend a day on a visit. It was on somebody, yo. He's sneaking in here low-key. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and we got him registered after school. like, And, you know, the rest was history. Four years at Rice, graduate, Louisville scholarship. Like, you know what I'm saying? The rest was history. And it was good because everyone in the school knew who he was. They I one of the best players. Him and Curtis Kelly easily were the two best players in New York City. Like, oh. I was fortunate enough to play with those guys since seventh grade. They were the two best players in the city. So everyone knew them. So it was easy. It wasn't like he was a random kid coming in here. Right. And that's one thing about people don't know about Rice, the amount of players that went there who didn't graduate, got kicked out, transferred. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had Nelquan Bolden in Rice his freshman year, who was the best player. And him and Sean Kilpatrick were the best players in Westchester. Sean Kilpatrick was another one supposed to go to Rice. He wound up going to White Plains. Like, you know what I'm saying? We had guys from Queens, you know, we had guys that, that got kicked out, guys that, like, it was Brooklyn. Like, Rice was crazy. Because she,
0: because see. so what you're saying basically is, you was an agent since high school. <laughs> since, 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 sixth school.
2: since sixth grade. Since sixth grade. Since middle school. So you, so you was been bred for this for this game. So so I'll tell you how we got Curtis Kelly. Like, all right, so you speak the agent shit, right? Edgar Sosa was, <laughs> playing, Edgar Sosa was playing with Dykeman. He was playing with Riverside. And he played a couple games with the Washington High Warriors. He, you know, he was up there. in Dykeman, James Feldin, his best friend. Yep. And he was playing with Riverside. And they could never beat us. You know, me, Terrell McKenzie. We they had chose. Uh, Daryl, Daryl Crawford, who was who was at O'Hallos, was their best player for, for three seasons. Went to Manhattan College, thousand-point score. And they could never beat us. We didn't have Curtis Kelly, none of that. This was fifth, or grade, sixth grade.
1: Wait, wait, wait. When you say he, us, what team were you? you the Gauchos. Okay, yeah. he
2: was And he was with Riverside. And they had a squad. Him, Malcolm Crant, Tyrone Nash. Like, they had a cruise. Like, and they could never beat us. And literally, he came to me one day, and he was like, yo, like, Y'all coach, man, telling me, man, I should come play with y'all. Like, yo, like, i want to rock with y'all, man. Y'all good. Like, and I'm like, yo, man, like, come rock with us. Like, we can use you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't I – ain't ain't no shame, ain't no hate. Like, I, I'm all for having another good player, like, on the team. I don't care if he's better than me. Like, and he was like, yo, like, I think I'm going to rock with y'all. He wound up coming to play with us. Riverside was heated, you yeah. know, and he still kept that relationship with Jr from Riverside and those guys, but they were heated. He came to play with us, and we started – Tearing shit up, and then um, we're playing in uh, Providence, Rhode Island, a hoop hoop tournament. We're in seventh grade now, uh, it's the beginning of seventh grade, and we run up against Derek Character. Derek Character is a 6'9", 250 two hundred and fifty pound, thirteen year old kid. He's the best. He's, <laughs> yeah. the be- he's the best. He's the best. He's the best player in the country. He plays for Jersey City Boys Club, not Gauchos, not Riverside. He the plays Jersey, for Jersey City, City Boys, Boys Club. That's what he plays for. He's wow. the best player in the country. We run up against him, and I'm guarding him. I'm our big man, and he is tearing our ass up. I'm like, yo, we gotta get us a big man. We gotta get us a big man. Like, guys, are, like it's this ain't working. All this four guards, five guards, shit ain't working. And uh, one guy was coaching John Ruiz. He was like, yo, we all going to the CYO championships. I right hear it's a big kid in the Bronx, six eight. So we like, shit, let's go see him. So we go to the CYO championships, like, public school one forty three at center. Curtis Kelly, and here goes this kid in the starting with sweatpants on in like the championship game. It's like, they don't have shorts for this kid. Like, come on, now, now on sweatpants in a championship game. And literally, that's how we got Curtis Kelly. Um, we brought him to play with us. We went to uh New Haven, Connecticut, and uh went to Manu Bowl School. And it was a bunch wow. of pictures of Manute It was a bunch of pictures of Manu Bowl, and we was like clowning, like, Kurt, that's how you gonna be you're gonna be like Manu we was calling Manute. He was pissed. <laughs> and um, so we got Curtis Kelly. Riverside was able to get Derek Character, so they had got Derek Character, and um, we played against them in September, going into our eighth grade year in round ball, And this was the first time Derek Character and Curtis Kelly got to square up. And this was like Derek Character was was known as the best player in the country. You know, Curtis had just hit the AU scene, and man, Kurt busted his ass. Yeah. You know, we made like we made it a thing that like make sure like that was Kurt's coming out party. We got him the ball, we fed him. Like he's grabbing rebounds, pushing it coast to coast. Shit, you don't see from a six, 13 year old, and we beat him right. in the championship game. And, and Hold everybody's on, time like, "Oh
1: shit!" Um, I don't see six, 13 year olds. So you can't just Perry. walk through Perry. and be like, yeah, "That's not what." That's not coming at all. Just off yeah. the height. And
2: then and that's one that's grabbing the rebounds, left hand going coast to coast, moving guys. He had this nasty ass spin move, but. You know, you couldn't take it. He was six eight. Like yeah. he's spinning, dunking, and, and and everybody's going crazy. And it was just like it was amazing to see. And that's why that was like going to great where we were like, yo, we gotta we gotta find a way to keep this team together. So, you know, it was good. And then, you know, when Book came and you know, Book taught us a lot of life values and things like that. So it was it was real good. But we we also made Bill Demon. So me, Egg, and Curtis, we went to Rice. Um, Curtis didn't play freshman, he played JV because they needed a big man. Me and Edgar played freshman. Um, JV actually lost. They lost before the season. They lost early in the playoffs, so Curtis got moved up. And uh, they were like, whenever the freshman team loses, me and Eggers going to get moved up. You know, we started going to the practice and everything. And they wound up losing to Malloy in the quarterfinals before me and Edgar got moved up. So we never got a chance to play varsity as freshmen. Mm. And,
0: I, have a, um, I have a question. I'm sorry. Yeah, but, but no. but I have a quick question. I'm curious as to why you had three coaches in middle school. Like, was this, do you know the reason it throws?
2: So, our our coach from, you know, third grade on to seventh grade was Dwayne Campbell. And um, we had went to uh, a couple trips and people were complaining he was a little violent with his words, but, you know, he never meant harm. Like, here's a guy that he, he had, you know, a team full of 10 black kids, you know, one Dominican and one white boy. And Fridays, we practice Fridays at six o'clock. Why we practice Fridays at six o'clock? Because Rice practice on Fridays at 3 30, 3 30 to 5.30. So he wanted us in there watching Rice practice, mm. watching the high school mm. practice, seeing what it's gonna be like. On Saturday mornings, he wanted us in the gym, not to work out. His girlfriend at the time was tutoring us because we had to take the, the Catholic you know exams. Yeah. We had to take the interest exams to get into high schools. You know, he had her tutoring us, he had us helping us with our homework. Wow. You know, so he he cared a lot about us. And literally that was in seventh grade. And it was in the middle of the summer, it was after the AAU nationals, and they told him he will no longer be coaching us. Um wow. you know, Mark, Mark Jones, who coaches the older guys, they had just won a national championship with Russell Robinson he's like, he's gonna coach us. And he went he went off. He was like, You fucking crazy, like this is my team. And we were in the middle of the Raw Strickland tournament. Now the Raw Strickland tournament was one of the best tournaments in the city, not because of course it was NBA players tournament, he gave out ginormous trophies. Mm-hmm. So there was a time where we played Riverside in the championship game at Citywide, and we played the semifinals in Royal Strickland. So they was like, yo, we can't change the times. Y'all just split up. We're like, we're not splitting up. Because we, if we split up, there's a chance we lose both games. Uh. We. We forfeited the citywide championship game to go play the semifinals at Ron Strickland because we wanted the bigger trophy. <laughs> hey, that's motivation. That that's motivation. So we won that game. The championship day, they told so. So that 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 we won that game that weekend. The championship was next week. That middle of the week, out of practice, they fired. They told Dwayne he won't be coaching us no more. Damn. So we we actually thought about boycotting. The championship game, we're not playing. Fuck it, like y'all just lose. And he called all, all of us and was like, "Yo, listen, man, you know it's it's bigger than me. I don't. You guys have a great record. Like y'all, y'all forfeited uh, citywide. Like go out and play. And we went and played, and we won the and championship.
1: What what ha- what happened to Dwayne? After all of that,
2: he stopped coaching us. You know, he was chilling, and then um, he came back. He came back years. Yeah, like, he started his own program. He came back years. Like he's there now. He's coaching. So
1: okay. All
2: right, we actually all—I uh, keep saying last, like it's so crazy that we're in June already. Like Yo. quarantine got us time Because I'm thinking like it was a couple months ago, but it was actually last summer, last August. We all went to uh, Melba's in Harlem. Me, Edgar Sosa, Curtis Kelly, Daryl Crawford, and Dwayne. Wow, that's dope. We nice. all went to in Harlem, and like he didn't know what he was running into. Like literally, like we all eating, and I called him like, "Yo, where you at?" He was "Oh, I'm in Queens." I was like, "Yo, come to Harlem real quick. Hurry up." <laughs> and literally he came, he stopped there, and he was like so surprised when he seen all of us here. Like, you know, because he always he always checked on us. So it, it was, it was major.
1: That's so
0: my question is, because it seemed like he had a very positive impact for you, especially, and maybe seemed yeah. like the whole team. Did you guys did you guys know like when he said it was bigger than him? Was it was it the way he was coaching y'all or was it more all, like off the scene type of thing?
2: He was aggressive. He was aggressive, people were complaining, you shouldn't be coaching young boys like that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? He would grab your shirt up if you were playing like a you know, like a bitch. You know what I'm saying? He would yell and scream. But it was tough love. Right? It was it was things that we got in college. You know what I'm saying? Right. I used to laugh at my at my white coach yelling and screaming at me, and he's asking other coaches why ain't I afraid? And I'm like, I've had six, <laughs> six black men yelling and screaming at me in seventh grade. You don't scare me. You know what I'm saying? Like it was he he was he was doing things that was should have been taught to older older players but it, it helped us you know it, it helped us you know people don't talk about how we're, we're in memphis and i'm 12 years old and this rides in the mall that says 12 and under and again i'm a six foot two 12 year old and i got on a on one of the the rides and you can say i shouldn't have been on it because i was tall but I'm, I'm a kid i'm a 12 year old kid it says 12 and under and a white cop this is two this is 1999 and a white, on 2000. A white cop grabs me. Yeah, summer 2000. A white cop grabs me like by the collar of my t-shirt mm. and yanks me off the ride and says, "You see the ride it says 12 and under. Why are you on here?" Dwayne comes out of nowhere and yokes up the cop. No, Don't you ever put your hands on him? He yokes up a cop. Where was this it's again? Summer 2000 in Memphis, Tennessee. Wow. Yo, that man is gangster.
0: We gotta get him on the show. show. He yoked up a cop. You saw he because. ain't got no tattoos? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think he has tattoos. I man, think he
1: got a tattoo on cash, his chest. Don't take him life. serious right now, Cash. He got thug <laughs> no, Life. He got thug
2: Life but, on his chest. But that but like that's just things that people who watched us play didn't see. They saw right. the yelling and the screaming. They didn't see those things. They didn't see, you know, him driving Egg-home and coming across the 145th Street Bridge, and it's a checkpoint. And the cops are getting aggressive with him and he, and he swings on a cop after, you know, grabbing him up because
0: Yo. the cop
2: is like getting, getting aggressive and yelling at Edgar. Like you're not going to be yelling at the kids in my car.
1: Yo. Um, so, you know,
2: pe- people do not see that. Uh,
1: this is, this is a perfect time. Given what we're talking about right now, just to kind of talk a little bit, current events um, mm-hmm. uh, with all that's going on. And like I, you know, those that can't see um, cash has a, a dope sweatshirt that says we need leaders. Jordan Brand. Yeah, can you get
2: can you get a little closer so we can. Yeah, hope, yeah. yeah. We Jordan? need leaders. It's nice. Public school, public school, New York, and Jordan Brand collaboration. We need leaders. Wow. Nice uh, so I'm sure.
1: Is that like brand
2: new? Or is no, that? This is from. You had that? This is from 2016. Wow. This oh, shit, okay. Cool. It should
1: look like you just pulled it out of the drawer for the first time.
2: You. Word. I think I had I had about three of them now. So. Okay. Savage. Oh, all right.
1: So um, so I've I've had I've had a really rough week. Um, And I know, I know George Floyd passed, you know, now going on a little bit over a week. Um, Memorial Day was a little over a week ago. Um, You know, trying to manage. So I have three kids. I I don't think you Mm -hmm. have any, right, Cash?
2: No kids, no kids.
1: So I have three and trying to manage, you know, a a regular job, still through all this COVID stuff, um, doing fun stuff like this podcast, managing a household and thinking so much about what has just happened right mm-hmm. um yo it's, it's it's doing something to me right and, yeah, and I wonder like sucks. cause and, and, you know and I hate saying it because it's unfortunate like we're used to this shit unfortunately
2: right I'm talking about an incident I'm talking about an incident with police brutality and me in 2000
1: exactly right, exactly
2: right so like we're talking
1: about 20 years ago right this shit is unfortunately it's commonplace now it happened. There's a lot of shit going on with quarantine and everything, so that compounds the situation. But the 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 no the no there's no care in the world for this dude, uh, and he just did what he did, right? Like that shit really fucking bugs me. And then and and now I'm like and, 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 I don't know and, how to be.
2: And, and the cop knew him. They worked together. They were yes. security with us Yes.
1: Oh,
0: that he I did. didn't know. He did. That's the craziest part. He had a rapport uh, with the man.
2: They worked security together. The dude that killed him? Yes. The dude that killed him. They worked security together. Fuck yes. out of here, B. And the and other that... cop, that the cop that didn't do anything, his partner, is the it was the cop's, the, the other, the other the cop that killed him, his wife was the other cop, the partner's sister. Look at this oh. shit. Oh! She just, she just divorced him this week.
0: I saw she something about that. that name. She you don't
2: see? want that name anymore.
0: You see? But wow. like, let me just say this you. the man uh, was brought up on second degree murder charges. It went up mm-hmm. from third degree to second degree. To second. Yeah. So they are tightening up on this shit, and apparently they're arresting the the rest of the, the yeah, yeah, the rest of the rest
2: of them. So,
1: anyway, I, what, I, what I what I was gonna direct this to you in in the sense mm-hmm. of like how how are you dealing with everything? Like how is all this impacting you? Because this is this is not no little shit. You so. Know?
2: What's today? Today is Wednesday. So we will fix the bike. So last I want to say Thursday. Um, so we we rode, we rode the bikes and Thursday. We left the rode the bikes Tuesday. Sunday her bike got a flat. And so we went Tuesday or Wednesday. Thursday we went to fix the bikes at Castle Hill bike shop. Mm-hmm. And I told her to drive the car back to her mom's, park it, and I'll ride the bike back to Bronxdale and pick it up and she can pick it up she'll go get she can go to her mom's house and get my bike my bike was at her mom's house and when I get to White Plains in Bruckner everybody knows that left turn on White Plains in Bruckner is terrible the lights are going crazy the people from McDonald's who come out of McDonald's where they should be going around the block yeah. to get back on a Bruckner they turn out all while stupid there's no bike lane so I said, you know what, I'm gonna get on the sidewalk until I get to Rosedale and then jump on the corner. I was bringing my mom some uh, some breakfast sausages she needed and I get on the sidewalk and it's no problem. I'm riding, cops fly by me. I'm like, oh shit, something happened up there. They stopped at the light and they got out. And as I'm riding, I see the cop go, and I'm like, wait, doing this to me? So I stop and the cop is his name, his last name is Solomon. You know, we used to call him Scooter Man. He rode the little uh, the little scooter that had the top. And he always gave out like false tickets and everything. And he stopped me. And I'm like, come on, Sal, I mean, you serious? And you I'm like, the with, dude, all this, that's... with all this going on in the world right now, you gonna stop me, go ride on the sidewalk? He's like, yeah, man, you know, I got to. He's like, you clean? I was like, come on, you know me all my life. Am I clean? Serious? He's like, all right. I said, like, this is my wife's bike. I just fixed it for her. Like, it's a yellow bike. It's a yellow beach cruiser. Like, I just fixed it for her. I'm bringing it to her now. He said, Oh, I gotta write you a ticket. So give him my ID and the partner goes to, to, to run my run my ID. And I'm like, you know you're not gonna find anything on there. There's no warrants, no, nothing. Of that. And he's like, no, you know, just routine, gotta check. It's like, so why is he writing me a ticket? And I was like, he's oh, I know, you have to. I said, You know the last ticket I got? I said, We're in 2020. The last ticket I got was ten years ago. On my graduation day in 2010, you gave me a ticket for drinking champagne in front of my building. And you asked me, why am I drinking champagne out here so late? And I said, I just graduated college. He's like, he's like, well, he's like, what do you, what do you, what you got to celebrate or something like that? I was like, I just graduated college. That's why I'm out here drinking champagne. And he looked at me with the shit face like, man, like <laughs> you are one of the good ones. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, like, there's no point in this. Like, like, mm-hmm. what are you doing?
0: It's crazy, and, man. And,
2: and, and as much as we want to talk about the white cops getting off and the white cops with the police brutality, right, there's sometimes the black cops who don't do anything. I was having this discussion today because, right, I don't know if you guys saw, there was a video last night in Dykeman where, you know, there were some guys going there to, you know, do some stuff, and some of the Dykeman community members heard about the the, uh, the looting on, on Fordham Road, East Tremont, so they came together and was like, yo, we're gonna protect our community, we are gonna stop mm-hmm. that.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: some, some you know, six, six younger black men came through, and they made their purchase, and they were leaving. And some people not from Dykeman who were out there just trying to help out, they ran them away. And they chased them. They didn't touch them. They didn't beat them. They chased them, which they were wrong for doing. But the people that are from Dykeman had already said, yo, they're good. Don't mess with them. These kids, young, trying to you know be on be on video, they mess with them. And me, personally, like I said, my best friend is Dominican, Edgar so My wife is Dominican, right? I hang out in Dykeman all the time, more than just the clubs and, and the basketball court. Right. I can go to Dykeman and they're cooking out. They're gonna offer me whatever I got whoever I got with me some food. And I was like, don't let this fifteen second video make you think that all Dominicans are racist because they're not. And you know, were they wrong for the way they chased them out? Yes. But well, they're not wrong for protecting the community. Right. Because all week we've been saying we gotta protect our community, we gotta protect our community, and we haven't. But the minute Dykeman does it, they're racist.
1: It's a problem,
2: right? Because best believe, if it was it was forty people out there and six guys, if they wanted to harm them, they could have harmed them, but they didn't. Right? They just chased them. They told them y'all gotta get out of here, right? And I think people are taking it like the wrong way. Oh, you're covering for Damien again? And like, I'm not. I'm talking from my personal experience. I'm not gonna call them racist because they're not. Especially the people on that one block, because the block where it happens. Of course, you're from Edgar Sox's house, where he used to live at. You know, so it was just it was just weird to me. And then um oh, so two thousand I was talking about because I remember in two thousand nine, um, I got a ticket. We were all outside. We were at July fourth in Harlem. You know, July fourth in Harlem was big in two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. And I was drinking. I was drinking a bottle of champagne. Like I wasn't a big alcohol drinker back then. I was drinking a bottle of champagne Moet out of the glass. I am twenty years old. I'm drinking a bottle of champagne and I might have been but I was drinking a bottle of champagne and the cop gave me a ticket. No, sorry, he didn't give me a ticket. He arrested me, handcuffs and everything. First time I've been arrested in my life. Wow. And he he he, he arrested me and before he put me in the car, he, he read my ID and everything, then he put me in the car. And I'm like, why are you arresting me? And he's like, oh, you drinking an open container? And I was like, it's July 4th. If you walk down Lennox Avenue, you're gonna see seven people on every corner drinking. It's July 4th, man. And he took me to the precinct 35th Street. A week later, I'm playing with R.A., Team Posse. We're playing up in, in the Rucker, and the cop is at the game. And I'm like, yo, the cop that arrested me last week. And you know what he says to me? He's like, you know, I read your ID and saw you were from, you know, 1744 Watson. He's like, you know, I live on Watson. I'm like, wait, you live on Watson and you arrested me? Yo, what the fuck? Are you serious? And fast forward to 11 years later, right, I have a friend who played at St. Mary's High School with Danny Green. I'm not going to say his name. He's a sergeant in New York City. He's a white sergeant. He played on a basketball team with black kids and white kids. Mm -hmm. When I worked at Terminal 23, he was a sergeant. He would come by and, hey, I'm just patrolling the neighborhood. You know, get a couple shots up. No problem. You good. He would bring in cops from other places. Hey, let me show you this cool gym they got for Carmelo Anthony. Hey, you guys are good. You'll some PBA cards. Last summer, he gave me a sergeant shield. So we're talking about a black cop from my block who arrested me for drinking champagne on July 4th and a white cop who remembers me from high school, who I don't really have a relationship with, who gave me a sergeant shield. Right? So, like, I think, like, of course, the, 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 the white community has to do better and the races do better, but the blacks have to do better as well. Yeah. You know, we got to... Instead of pointing the blame, we got to find solutions. We, we just keep pointing and pointing the blame. We got to uh, find uh, solutions.
1: But you know what? How do you do that, right? And, and the, the thing, the common denominator... I don't care what your background is. I don't care what your skin complexion is. It all starts with discussion. Like
2: yes, it all starts with discussion.
1: You have to be, and it's not about like I'm trying to sell you on my point of view, and you on, you know, you's trying to sell me on yours. It's let me explain my point of view and why I feel like the way. And then you go. You it's go. always,
2: if, I, if you explain what you want to explain, and I don't and I don't agree, before you finish, I'm out there combating you. Down my no. throat,
1: right, pause.
2: we let you talk, and then I'll talk, and then let's find some common ground, right? But yep. we, don't, we don't do that. You
0: yeah. know, I think um, I had a friend that actually was a police officer. He quit the force years ago. But mm-hmm. I actually asked him a lot of questions regarding him his experience. He's a Dominican man. Mm-hmm. And what happens is that in, in his ex- experience, he's looking at himself as the minority group. So, what happens is, like, there's a majority of white constituency of cops, right? Then you got your blacks, then you got your Latinos, but those are small, small minorities. Now, the point there is the cops are like cults. So, like, yeah. it's like one for all and all for one. And regardless of if they're all wrong, they're all wrong. I think that's a, another reason why all cops that got arrested, those four cops, they, yeah. they was, they were like, nah, we, if he's going down, we're all with him. You know, we, and that's we're all... Like,
2: Book was saying that to me. Book was saying, like, there's no penalty, right? So, like, if one cop murders someone, right, and it's unlawful, the other four should be fired. They should lose their pension, right? Where are the consequences? So now it's like, wait, oh, hold on, hold on. Yo, yo, don't do that. Because if you do that, you know, we get penalized. Right. And it's like, it has, it has the competition has to go further than police brutality, Right, it has to go with supporting businesses, supporting podcasts, supporting TV networks, right? Lawyers, agents. Like I posted a post yesterday on Twitter, and I put it on Instagram, and I said, "Are we supporting Black agents and Black lawyers too?" Just asking. And and De'Aaron Fox, he he retweeted it and he said, "You know, we've been supporting it because De'Aaron Fox, you know, his guy, his trainer, his agent has been with him since he was a young kid, mm. and he went to sign with an agency." And his agent is a friend of mine, and he does great work, Chris Gatson. And he was letting that agent know, like, hey, listen, I'm trying to get in the business too. You know, I want to be more than just a trainer, and just, you know, can you help me out? Like, and that white agent didn't want to. That white agent just kept him out of the loop, kept him out of meetings, and it was like, why are we not? Like, why are you not helping this brother? And he's he me and him took the exam together. He passed, I passed, and De'Aaron Fox fired at a white agent and signed with him. You know, and I and I think we need more of that, right? You got, it's so funny, right? I tell people with the with the basketball business, you know, you can trust you can trust your child with with a person you've known for years, have them at your house, they're at your house, but the minute it's time to do business, you trust a white stranger.
1: That's yo, that's that's deep. You
2: trust the white well, white like, like. Like you trust me you trust me enough to have your child at my house unsupervised, but you don't trust him to do business with me.
1: But let me let me let me play devil's advocate because I, I get what you're saying and I, I I think that's an unfair thing, especially if you're a qualified person to do it, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. And, if, you're quali- I,
2: if you're qualified, I know that's not? what
1: you're talking about. I know that that's the lane you're you're talking about.
2: But And and and, and I'm not making it a, a, a white I don't wanna make it a white black thing because there's also, you know what I'm saying, there's 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 white guys who who You know, who are there and help out And then they go trust someone else Right You know?
1: Yeah I, I think it So if you if you compare that And there's I think a lot of parallels You compare that to The parent's decision Or the, the parent Like, you know You got all this shit going on With ki- Kids and their families Taking money To go to schools mm-hmm. Or whatever, right? Um, you, you, could, you liken it to kind of that level Where you got a parent making a decision not for the well-being of that kid
2: at usually, at right? For they, the well-being of their pocket.
1: Right. And they'll tell you, "No, this is going to help all of us," right? Whatever, right? But at the same time, it's like, "Yo, you're you're putting your faith on the dollar. You're not giving you're not giving any credibility or stock in the individual that might be able to open doors, not just right now into the league. We
2: you, why we have you to that. Why do we have to build a relationship off money? Right. Like,
1: have a relationship. Right. That's
2: not a real relationship. I got a, I got a high school teammate of mine who I haven't spoken to in three years because he owes me 200 bucks. I haven't spoken to him in three years. And, and, I, and I said, I was it's funny, I was saying to the rest of my teammates, and I was like, yo, his son is probably four or five years old right now. I would have spent more than 200 bucks already at birthday parties. Easy. He doesn't speak to me. Cause he owes me two hundred bucks, and it's just like, yo, like I'm not gonna chase you, right?
1: no, nah, not for that.
2: But like, I've I've known you since we were eight, nine years old. We played a high school team together for. for we played freshman together. You played JV and temporary year, and we played varsity together for two years. So like, we've been around each other a long time, and you're ducking me for two hundred bucks. It's like, come on, like, and that's what gives us the bad name. Yeah,
0: you, you know what? I want to say this, man, and I think it's 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 unfortunate. What, what goes on here? I feel that unfortunately, I believe minority blacks, Latinos, they look at white people in, p- in these prominent positions as people of power, people that know better than their own kind. It's like a person like yourself can't be as qualified as another agent exactly. with the same, same credentials. Like, it's
2: like we disregard it. It's like, Every, no. And even, even more than just an agent, right? Like, we're telling people in the, in the hood, you know, you're a minority, you're black and Latino, you're either gonna play basketball, you're gonna play baseball, you're gonna rap, you're gonna sell drugs. That's it. It's like no one's telling you, yo, you can make it out being a teacher. You can make it out being a senator, being a mayor, being a Ruben Diaz, the borough president. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like you can you can do other things. You know what I'm saying? You can be you can be a good cop. You can be a cop and work in and work in your neighborhood. And, and, and be the change and be the common ground. But from young, they teach you to hate cops.
0: My, my brother, if I may, Kashif, let me just yeah. say this. The, the the idea that you're speaking on it right now is mm-hmm. is the testament that we needed. We needed that. We need, we we need, need that. more of people like ourselves to voice out that. Because what happens, and this is not on you or us here. It's in general. Too many times we pass the torch waiting for the next person to do this job. And I think it's all oh, the onus is on all of us because we're adults today. Exactly. And it's, I'm glad you brought it up personally because I, I try to do my best to say that as well. But mm-hmm. the, the idea, even the fact that you're an agent today, is something that is newsworthy in itself because I could like you said, it's either you playing or NBA or you're dealing drugs, it's like a very narrow gap window narrow of what gap. success looks like. So, and I think a lot of
2: it, is, A lot of it is. I tell people all the time, like I'm huge in giving back and. And, 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 you know, and reaching my hand down and helping people younger than me because it happened for me, right? You're talking about a guy like Book who led the nation in, in assists two years in a row, right? He's known to be a giver. You know, he was a giver since I was a kid. Like, I I got a lot of my values from being around him. You know, Dwayne, Dwayne Mitchell, like, I've never seen him charge anyone for a workout. You know, when I didn't have a job, Dwayne Mitchell got me a job at the Gaucho gym. You know, I was making 500 bucks a month at the Gaucho gym. My rent was six fifty a month. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was unemployed. He helped me get a job. When I when I was able to get a job, the Jordan brand and help him, you know, he had he's coaching at on senior and I can help them get a sponsorship. I got them a Jordan sponsorship. Like you, you gotta help take care of our people. And I think we we live in a world, especially in New York, where it's like, man, well, if I ain't all the way right, I ain't helping them. Or if I if I didn't do this, I'm not helping them. And it's just like, why? Like, why is that like my thing is like I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna tell these kids. Every place I went wrong, so it doesn't happen to them. I don't want them to go wrong about, like, yeah, that happened to me too. Or I told right. you so. Like, no, I'm gonna, I wanna be able to be like, yo, listen, this would happen to me. Like, I was having a conversation with Eric and I was like, man, I realized why my uh, my college basketball experience wasn't what I thought it would be. I played on two losing teams. Mm. I put all my, I put all my life for, for Gauchos and Rice. I put on, I won everywhere. Yeah. I went to college, and played on two losing teams. Like, it was different.
1: Can we talk about that for a second? Because yeah. when, when when you look at it on paper, it looks it looks kind of crazy, right? You yeah. you go to you go to two good schools. Um yeah. not, not that John Jay so, isn't, well, but I'm saying from, from a basketball yeah. perspective.
2: From a basketball, so they asked me. They actually asked me to play um, basketball, with John Jay. Okay. And literally, so I got there, and they were like, "Yo, I want you to come play?" Because I got there in January. I got there mid semester. I left Iona in January. They got I got there, you know, at the semester break. And they're like, "Yo, like, want you to play, finish the season up." And I'm like, "Yo, listen, if I played Division three basketball right now. Like, I got to be getting 40. <laughs> and I was like, "If I'm not getting 40, and, and, and a lot of people would be like, "Yo, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he quit Iona that out." And like, people don't know, like, I was going to quit before the season started. Oh, word? I was just tired of it. Yeah, I was just tired of it. Like, who was the coach? I was just tired of it. was Tony Kevin Charles? Willard. Oh. The, Kevin Willard. The, he was he's the coach at Saint Hall now. It was his first two seasons at uh, as a head coach at Iona. And he's not the same coach anymore, but he he coached us. Like, you got to remember, he was with Rick Pitino with the Celtics, Rick Rutino in Louisville. So he coached us that way, and we weren't that type of talent. Mm. And he was playing – I was reading the stats the other day. He was playing, you know, 15-man team. He was playing 11 guys 20 minutes a game. Like, that's unheard of in college basketball. Right. So, wow. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we were, I remember we had a team meeting, and, like, I, I love Cheyenne Holloway. Uh, he was assistant coach with us. Um, we had a team meeting, and Cheyenne Holloway says, I know Cash gets in trouble a lot because, you know, he's out there he's taking a lot of shots, but, like, I need I need the rest of y'all to get more aggressive. Like, we're not going to win games scoring 40, 50 points. You know, like, here I go. Like, I'm trying to score. Like, man, let's go. Let's win. And everybody was on the same page, and they got to a point where it's was like, man, like, I'm just here doing this. So I can finish school. And, I, and I'm the type of guy, like, if I'm not going to give it my all, I'm not going to do it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I was like, you know what? Let me score 20 in one of these games. So when I score 20, I'm out of here. I want people to think I'm going to scrub. I scored. We were on a five-game losing streak. Now, here we're talking about. We're in December. College basketball starts in November. In December, we're on a five-game losing streak. I lost five games my whole senior high school. Wow. It's one month in the season, and we lost five games already. So, we lost we lost five in a row and he put me in the star lineup I scored a career high 22 points on 14 shots we uh missed five shots the whole game we won the game we won the winning the next two We was on three game winning streak then we lost at uh, South Florida and uh so when I when I scored the career high right they were one line I loses I mean Iona breaks five game skid she pra career high 22 points things are gonna turn around for the girls cool when I quit the team and then they called me. Wanted to do an article on it about me, you know, leaving the team in transition. And transitioning. they put Edgar and Curtis in there, and they wrote three pages about me. And I was like, "Damn, look at the media!" Wow. I scored my career high. They they put one line about me scoring my career high. I quit the team. They put they made a three page article about me. And everyone everyone saw it as a negative. And then after reading the article and hearing me speak, they was like, "Damn!" Like I ain't got friends I knew who were in college towns. Like, yo, I feel the same way. But I never had like the courage to like quit the team. Like I didn't know what I was gonna do next. Like, like I knew I had a plan. I knew what I wanted to do. You know what I'm saying? I knew I wanted to work in the sports business. I knew there's other things that I can do. I wanted to be known as more than a basketball player. I mean, and I'm sure you guys know because I see it. There's guys your age that played and was nice high school, college, and right now they are fucked up.
1: Yeah. By the way, and I, and
2: I fucked up, and I, I up financially, just like mentally. Like yeah. They don't know, they don't, know, they don't know shit else other than basketball. Two, two and quick, I said, that wasn't gonna be me.
1: Two quick things. I don't appreciate you calling me an old man. Um, that's that's one because I, I saw that you was like people your Work. age. Fuck you, Kashif. Give <laughs> me your age. Give <laughs> me your age. Cause cause guys my age they,
2: they ain't there yet but they're on their way.
1: Nah, nah, nah. But no, yeah. no. But but you raise a really important point, which is. And it's not, and I know you didn't mean it as a knock. I didn't take it that way um, for them, but it's, it's like, it's a reality, right? Like you put all this effort and energy and all this time into basketball. Your expectation is I'm going to the next level. Fuck everything. And whether you make it there or not, the result Mm -hmm. most of the time is the same. They come out of it. Like, you know, the, the cliche phrase, the ball stops bouncing. And then then what, and then what? And, and, and that's where you get fucked up in the head. Like the, the, you know, we talk about it more and more nowadays than we ever have. Like how serious mental health is like that group of people, like people who play ball their whole lives that they need that. And, and I'm they sure every, it. every major sport probably, but like, I I mean, I've, I've come in contact with many and I see exactly what you're talking about. Like having, cause it's, it's two things I think really that, that, Narrow the playing field when it comes to like how you perceive yourself and then Mm -hmm. how what you think you're going to accomplish in life. Right. You you as a basketball player. Right. Most of your early life. All right. Cool. You you hedging your bet. You I'm sorry. You're not hedging your bet. You're basically putting all eggs in that one basketball basket.
2: I played. I played almost every day from from age five to twenty. Exactly. And, pe- and people can say I, I retired early. So think about that.
1: Right, exact, that exactly. Exactly. I fifteen
2: years of playing every day.
1: That's that's most people's like work careers. You did that you know early. So the, the thing is it's like yo, there's no plan because everybody puts all their eggs in that one basket. You mm-hmm. don't take it. A lot of times they don't take advantage of school. Like some oh. some folks graduate, but some folks get like this bullshit degree that you know somebody kind of whacked together that you can't really flip into anything so like tell tell us i kind of went off on a rant there but like tell us how you got to that realization that you were going to leverage what you had in front of you and flip it into something greater down the road
2: honestly i started seeing i was playing street ball, right i remember i was 13 years old and I got R.A. from Team Posse. I know you know him, Richie. He um he had me playing Unlimited. And I started seeing some of the older guys I looked up to, right, who were finished playing everything. And, like, they were like, yo, I ain't playing unless I get $100 and $200. I didn't talk about street boys. You my talk about Dykeman, like, Watson. Like, and I'm like, damn, like, these dudes don't work? Like, they mean they playing. The like, only way they're playing is this. They're like, after the games, they're like, you know what I'm saying, drinking and smoking. And I'm just like, yo. Nah, this ain't going to be me, man. Like, I'm going to get a job, like, make sure I'm off. By the time, you know, the game start up at Rucker or Dykeman, I can go play there. But, like, it was just like, man, like, what's going on? And then for me, I was at, like, Iona, like, but like I said, I didn't have confidence in myself, but I didn't see, like, I didn't see a, a team that was fucking 12 and 20, the NBA looking at a kid from that team, right? You know, Scott Machado got his shot, um, but he definitely, you know, they won a lot that season. Um, they might have won a championship that year, but, um, I was just like, well, I gotta start preparing for life after basketball now, and I was like, if I can get a head start now, while I'm 20, like why wait till I'm 23, 24, 25? You know, I want to get a head start now. So I was just like, man, let me let me figure this thing out now. And I stayed in the basketball space. Only one summer, I think it was summer of 2009 or 10. I uh, it's crazy. I was selling cigarettes to make ends meet. Wow. And I was I was working at the daycare center where I went and my mom worked at from 730 to 3 as like a like a replacement. Like somebody would call somebody would call out of work at 7 a.m. and they would call me and be like, yo, we need you here at 7 30. And I would Whew. go 7 take a nap, go play in Dykeman, go playing Rucker, like and I was just like, yo, all right, I gotta figure this thing out.
1: Mm. Who did you who did you lean on? Like who were people that were giving you guidance?
2: Um, it was funny, like, all right, so when I quit the team um, in 2000, January 2009, you know, I was still in school. Dwayne Mitchell called me, he's like, yo, come up to Rice. Um, I came up, and he tried to get me to go to CW Post. Yep. And I was just like, I, I don't really want to play. And he was like, all right, well, you don't want to play good? Like, he was like, but you still staying in school? And I was like, yeah. You know, they told me I can't stay in Iona because I left the team, but I already applied to John Jay. I already checked the financial aid. I ain't going to have my student loans. Um, Eddie, Eddie Lau called me. Eddie Lau said he had a school in Kentucky for me, Georgetown, Division II school. And I was just like, you know, I don't want to play. So uh, Justin Leonard, you know, he has the company Game 7. It was a different company back then, 94 by 50. Um he had called me, he knew I was in the sneakers. He had called me actually do a photo shoot for him for uh Dine Magazine. Mm. He actually do a photo shoot. And they came like film my sneakers and everything like that. And he was like, yo, you know, kind of was good on camera. Like, you'd be interested in like, you know, doing some marketing work. And I was like, yo, honestly, like, I'm just focused on graduating college. He was like, now nah, listen, like, we're in office every day from, you know, nine ten 10 to about 7. He's like, listen, the days you got, you got no class, come through. The days you get out early, come through. So I started going through and literally, like, I remember the first, like, my first week, uh, was the LeBron seven shoe was being released. And they wanted to do something for the city. Nike wanted to do something for the city. And they, they, they were trying to get seven gyms in New York City on that Saturday and just having like open gyms for kids to come play for a couple hours. And they were like, yo, we need a list of seven gyms. We need the contacts. And it was like, you know, have this done by Friday. It's like Tuesday. It's It like, was like, no, it was like, it was like Tuesday. It was like, have it done by Friday. We need it for next Saturday. I got it done that day. And people look looking at me like, yo, what the hell? And I'm like, it's just relationships. Like, it's just coffee. This, this is you know what I like. know. And I started like, oh, you know what? I can kind of do this. I can do this. And um, I was interning there for two years. Now, mind you, I'm literally probably making 150 a month as an intern. But I was in, like, I was interned. I was building. I was building my connections. And someone email. Someone hit me. And was like, yo, what's your email? And I'm like, no, I just gave my get my email. And I'm like, what is this for? And it was like, um, I submitted your name for a job for Jordan Brand you know, send me your resume quick. I have no resume.
1: Like... Time out, time I didn't out. Have no... did You knew this person? Somebody just...
2: Yeah, I knew the person. I knew the person. He's like, you I sent me your name. So I was like, I don't have no resume. So I called, I called my boy Jeron Smith. He was working at Nike at the time. So like Jerron worked at Nike and he was from California, right? And his job was to go around to like Rice, St. Raymond's, Christy King, show them shoes, like get feedback. And literally he couldn't get in Christy King. He had no connections. And... Uh, he's like, I got a LeBron shoe. I was like, Come on, let's go to let's go to Rice. Like I called Coach Dwayne Mitchell. He's like, Yeah, come through. And then I went to see my old teachers. I took him to Mr. Vegeta's class and the video came out fire. And you know, he would hold me down, you know, hit me with some sneakers, hit me with a gift card in Nike Town. You know, but I, I saw that It's like, yo, like I got the connections, like let me help him out. I'm not gonna leave him out the drive. Right. And you know, we remain, you know, good friends. So I called him, like, yo, I need to fix up my resume, like. Can you help me? I gotta submit this resume today. And literally like, he's like, Yo, just write down all the stuff you did in the last few years. I wrote it down, like in a regular like, text message, I sent it to him. And he hooked it up as a resume for him. Wow. I submitted it. And I got an email back saying, the interview is huh. such and such date. So I pull up to the interview. I got on shirt, tie, slacks, and a pair of all black Jordan fives. And we're sitting in an interview. And literally they was like, listen, you know, we're only picking seven people for this job. We're picking four people in New York, three people in Chicago. They said we had 42,000 applicants or something like that. We're Whoa. picking seven. Whoa. So I'm like, oh man, that sounds like I'm not getting a job. Like, cool. I'm here for nothing. And literally, so I, we're talking and then she's reading my resume and the lady who was interviewing me, she says, wait, you have Jeron Smith as a reference? and i'm like yeah she's like oh my god he interned for me in dc like 4 years ago and i'm like oh really like and i wound up getting a job and uh it was it was crazy It's like wow like 2 years of interning i'm out of college for 2 years had no job and here i go my first job is working in jordan brand from a kid that was wearing jordan since 88 like <laughs> so like our job so like literally like they were like yeah you know like, we'll tell you more about it when you get it, got the job. And we flew out to Portland. First, day, The first day of the job, we flew out to Portland. And our job was to take the Carmelo Anthony shoe, take the Chris Paul shoe, the Dwayne Wade shoe, to, you know, certain gyms and schools and get honest feedback from kids because kids were all into retros, but they weren't buying performance product. And performance product was, you know, better for your feet to wear in basketball games. So I was doing that, and I was, you know, going to the Gaucho gym. I was going to St. Benedict's, going to Rice, and I was getting them. So, like, I would take, you know, I mean, nothing could do to me now, but, like, <laughs> I would go give Isaiah Briscoe and Tyler Ennis, right, who were two of the most private kids in New Jersey, yo, Tyler, you going to wear these mellows. Isaiah, you're going to wear these crisp balls in this game, right? Y'all wear them. Y'all wear them. I'll hit y'all for a pair of retros. Y'all come to my house, y'all can take whatever y'all want, right? Wow. Because because like they wear my size, so I don't have to buy the shoe. I give them an old pair. They were for, they were like cool with it. They were, they was like, they were just happy to get a pair of basketball shoes. And I was explaining to them, like, yo, these shoes are better for you. So now you're talking about a regular kid who plays, when he sees two of the best players in the country wearing a Chris Paul or wearing a mellow, he's like, yo, if it's good for them, it's good for me. Right. And literally we're doing those events all around the country. We're doing them in New York, Miami, LA. And, you know, I started to see Mello at all of the joints, right? And he's seeing me, like, interacting with the kids. So we would start seeing each other. And before then, you know, I was like, oh, what's up? You know, keep it moving. It was like, I, I feel like I work for Carmelo. Like, you know what I'm saying? Wow. And um, I did that for a year and a half. The program stopped uh, right after All-Star 2013. It stopped. And here I go again. No job. Fuck. And I got no job. And Dwayne Mitchell was like, yo, you know, come work at the Gallagher So South. I'm at the Gauchos for the summer. I got no job. And um, Terminal 23 is about to open up. And literally, I get a call. It's like, yo, come down to the grand opener. And I was like, all right, I'll come by. I have no job. Uh, I'll I'll, I'll rewind three three months before that. There was an agent um, who offered me a job in 2012. He offered me a job for 15K. Damn! For a full year. What? And he wanted me to. He wanted me to bring him NBA players and this and that, and he told me I wouldn't get any bonuses or anything like that. And I knew that's ultimately what I wanted to do. Um, you know, I saw a lot of like, my friends get taken advantage of. You know, the Jordan thing was cool, but I knew like the end goal was for me to be an agent. So I was like, man, I can get a chance to work for this agent, you know, and learn. But I was like, you said, like, you said DC,
1: right? Hmm? You said he was in DC.
2: He was in New Jersey. Oh, it was New Andy Jersey. Miller. Okay. It was Andy Miller. Okay. Was Andy Miller? Uh, He offered me a job for fifteen K. Eric Maynard was one of my best friends to this day. Uh, He was represented by Andy, and he was like, "Yo, like I think you'd be good at it." I was like, "Yo, E, listen, fifteen thousand. I'm not doing it because, like, I'm not doing it because I, I, I'm not saying like fifteen thousand. Of course, it's not a lot. It's a great experience, but for what I'm going to be bringing in, I'm worth more than fifteen thousand. Yeah. And I'm unemployed right now. And Eric said, "How much you think you should make?" I said, "Come on, at least 30, 35. And he was like, yo, I'll cover the rest. I'll give you the rest. And I'm like, nope, I'm not doing it. And so I turned down that job while being unemployed. I turned down that job. And literally Terminal 23 is about to open up. And they're like, yo, come through. And I came through the grand opening. And then, you know, Justin had me come, you know, work at his company, Game 7. I was doing stuff. So I'm working there. Like I'm doing Nike stuff. I'm doing Jordan brand stuff over at Terminal 23. I'm like... I'm filling in the four o'clock slot to bring kids. Like I'm calling Coach Rose from Millbank and yep. St. Raymond's. I'm I'm calling, you know, I'm calling um, Andre Ambrose, who was the freshman coach at Bishop Lachlan. I'm calling all the dudes I know. Like, yo, come bring your team down, free gym, like you know. And you know, I started seeing like you know, I got I got a I got a little gift here. And when you said it's funny, you said who do you lean on? I remember like when I quit the team, I remember, like 2010, AD Anthony Duran. Sam Raymond's Raven. Yeah, yeah. He was one of the older guys that told me like, "Hey, listen, like, you know, there's some things you can do in the business with your relationships, like, like on the agent side." And he was like, "You know, you can take it more serious, and you can help, and you know, you can, you can be a friend, but you can also, you know, you could be a business." You know,
1: that's funny. I, so he would, I, I always clown AD, um, and I know he's a really good dude, but I, yeah. I'm, I'm glad to hear like he he noticed that about you. I was like, "Yo, yeah, you gotta do this." Yeah,
2: he was. He, he was definitely one of the first guys that like, that told me. Like, I knew what the business was. I knew what it was. I knew that's what I wanted to do. But he was one of the first guys to, like, break it down to me, like, and show me, like, yeah, it's what you need to do. So, like, I literally spent two years of, like, spending my own money traveling mm. on AU circuits and going to college basketball games and building my network, my own money. And uh, I was working at Terminal 23. And crazy story if I, I was like 2013, 2014, um, Stanley Lumax was working at Nike, Chad Eastland was working at Nike, and we were going to meetings and I was putting, I was putting like, I was putting bomb, bomb ideas together. And like, we're in the meetings and you know, I'm watching my ideas be said by someone else. Uh. And I'm like, damn, like, all right, it's all for the team. And um, you know, like Chad would text me in the meeting like, yo. It's your idea, right? I'm like, yeah. like, And he would say that in the meeting. So Stanley Lumax and Chad, you know, they uh, they was like, yo, man, you need to start coming to more meetings. Like, these are your ideas. This is how you're going to learn. Um, You know, they told Justin that. And, you know, I started going to more Nike meetings, and I was able to learn because, it's like, I was putting together the ideas, and then they were taking it to the meetings and spinning them out, and it was my idea. So, like, I was able to learn from them, Um, still talk to those guys to this day. And um, Chad left Nike to go work in Portland. Um, so that summer of 2015, I was offered a job by Under Armour
1: mm. down in Baltimore. Um, it was
2: basically no, it was gonna be I was gonna be able to stay in New York. Okay, um, I was gonna help out the the Under Armour based AU teams in New York and New Jersey, take care of the kids. And I was like, you know what, you know, it's time for a change. Like, all right, let's 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 get it going. So I went to the Big strict Classic. Um, I came in like all Under Armour. I had like an Under Armour <laughs> soccer jersey on. I had on some curries. I had on some shorts, and people were like, "What the hell?" Right. Here's the guy that's always in Jordan. This guy's a
1: Nike guy. What's
2: up? (laughs) And I was like, "Man, you know, it's time for a change." Like, it's nothing against Nike, you know, but I think like, hey, every team in New York can't be sponsored by Nike. Don't mean that these kids should be shitting on. Like, we can make we can make if we can make Under Armour competitive from an AU standpoint, high school standpoint, and Nike be competitive as it is. New York is back on top. Mm. Right, you had Isaiah Whitehead, who was just a McDonald's on American, playing Under Armour, sure, right? New York, and now New York can be on top. But just our Nike teams are good, New York really ain't on top. Mm. So I was like, shit, this is how I'm gonna help make that change. And I got a call from a couple of people at Nike, and it was like, yo, like, like, what's going on? I was like, yo, like, it's time for a change. And, you know, um, it, some financial stuff happened with Under Armour. You know, it was August. It was like they couldn't pay me to January. <laughs> I was like, hold on. Like, I'm unemployed. and um, shit. So I sat down with Nike, and we figured some stuff out. And the day I was coming in to sign my, uh, what is it, a uh, consultant agreement with Nike, the person who was giving me the agreement was let go that day. I was in there when he was let go. Holy He's like, shit. yo, I'll hit you later. And the person that worked under him, uh, Kenji Summers, he hit me later that week and he's like yo you know, I, you know i know you know what happened you know i heard about your agreement uh, i'm gonna talk to the new boss to let them know that like yo the interim boss coming in let them know like we had an agreement with you to help us before all this happened and you know we're gonna we're gonna stick by that and they stuck by that kenji made sure wow. um you know kevin santano who works in nike basketball now he worked there he was, you know, my fourth grade classmate. You know, we go way back. So it was it was easy transition working with them. You know, we did some LeBron projects. Um, oh, shit. I'll take it I'm sorry. I'm, I'm mumbling. All right. So, yeah. So 2015, we're in a Nike meeting, right? It's All-Star Weekend. And they're asking, uh, what can we do to make a splash All-Star Weekend? And it's so weird, right? Uh, I go in the middle of the meeting. Let's put LeBron James on the train. Everybody looks at me like, what? I said, he has a he has a Q&A at 34th Street Foot Locker. Our Nike space is at Canal Street. It happens every day on a train. Next stop on this train is Canal Street. Next stop on this train is 34th Street. We put him on a, with a hoodie on. It's, it's, it's 12 degrees in New York City. He's gonna be hoodied up, coated up. You just take the you take the car service from 34th to the A train, right? It's gonna be mad traffic. You have him get on the train, get in the front car. By the time people realize he's on the train, he's getting off. You're gonna get a major hit. People are like you're like hell no, right? Hell no, we're not doing it. And literally, fast forward two years later, he's on the Cleveland Cavaliers, and it was traffic, and they, said, they, yo, they was all on a train, fucking train. <laughs> he got a train with one security guard. So like, yeah, yo, you before me, your time. Like not, to, not like yeah, not to toot my own horn, but I was before my time. Like yeah. you know, like I laugh like my boy Jennings, right? We, you know, he had a, he had a friend that worked at Puma. This is before Puma got in basketball. We put together a whole deck on how they could relaunch they should relaunch basketball. And we we used Isaiah Briscoe as the as the player. Like, you know, we had pictures like Clyde Frazier, like, bring it back with the point guard. And they laughed at us. They was like, Hell no. No way. Two years later, here they go announce an NBA draft. They're back in basketball. And you know, we were a little bit because we gave them the whole plan. Yeah.
1: So And it's like So you're now representing players utilizing a lot of kind of your what you just described, right? Your creative juices in that process. Cause I think, and educate us. Um, Cause obviously you're in it, right? An agent to a lot of people, us probably here, I, I won't speak for my brother, but I assume we think about it the same. Your role primarily is negotiate contracts for players, try to get them situated on teams to a large degree. That's the bulk of your job, right? Mm-hmm. But there's way more to it.
2: So basically, take 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 a take a rookie in the NBA draft, right? He gets drafted June twenty first, on, on a Thursday, the third Thursday of, of the June. He gets drafted. His first check don't come to November fifteenth. He can get a, he can get an advance payment for you know up to a certain percentage. That's like well, like now your checks are smaller than November fifteenth. His first check November fifteenth. So we talking about apartment. We talking about the kid is getting drafted. Mom still lives in the hood, right? No vehicle. Right. Uh no furniture, uh, like stuff. like it's a lot of stuff logistically that you gotta go through. So for me it's definitely, you know, more than I hate to use the cliche more than agent, but it, it definitely more than just negotiating contracts, right? You know, you know, there's times where there's guys, you know, up at two in the morning and like like yo, I can't sleep, like, you know what I'm saying? My my, my ankle's hurting or, or like, yo, we're going to Colorado tomorrow, you know, where can I go to get dinner at? You know, or it's like, yo, my my sneaker rep, you know, he ain't he sent me these. I don't I don't like these. I need can can you find me these? I'm trying to wear these in the game on Friday, like, wow, dog, it's Wednesday, like, you know what I'm saying? I gotta find them. I gotta ship them to you. You know, and then for me, it's like I see a, a trend with a lot of agents. It's like, and I can't you can't blame them, but it's like everyone wants to represent that that star, that lottery pick, right? But for me personally, like, for every lottery pick. And there's ten Edgar Sosa who's gonna make enough money in Europe to feed his family to get out of the hood. Wait, are you ra- are there's... you rapping Edgar? No, I don't rap, uh, Edgar. Okay. I represent Isaiah Briscoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, know right that. now. Um Devon Ecke, you know, like I said, he's a senior this year, DeJounte Weaver, um, Isaac Van, right? Um, so uh-huh. like for me it's like it's for me, it's like, hey, there's there's plenty of Andre Barrett, right, who Played four seasons in the NBA, played in Europe, made a lot of money. Corey Fisher, who's from my neighborhood, able to move his family out of the projects. And like, I'm not going to be an agent that says, I only want that star. Like, I want to help the guys that, like me, are from my neighborhood, right? Guys that go to play at St. Raymond's who, you know, can help make 50,000, 60,000, get out of the hood, and, you know, eventually make six figures in their careers. Like, I think a lot of people aren't looking at that way. You know, everybody wants to just make the quick dollar fast. But it's like, for me, it's more about helping people. And helping people where I come from. And he, that's he, why I said the thing way. is, it's like, you know, I, I'm watching kids and families trust strangers. It's like, hey, you know, I tell, I tell, like, I told one kid, he's from uh, he's from Brooklyn. I didn't get him, um, you know, but I still, still talk to him. I still, you know, he's real good. There's no hatred and none of that. And I told him, I said, hey, listen, if I sign you and I don't do right by you, you think I'm going to feel comfortable walking in Brooklyn? I'm not going to feel comfortable walking in Brooklyn. Right. But if you sign with someone from Michigan and they don't do right for me by you, he's not going to give a damn about Brooklyn. You know, it's different. It hits home with me. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, and that's how I look at it. And, and I have, like, a team of people that feel the same way. I, you know, I, I'm, for, I'm fortunate enough to have a team of people that, that are willing to help.
1: That, I think that's everything. Like, being able to have that unit um, makes... Makes, it keeps you grounded. It makes your decision making process a lot easier. We're like, you got we're
2: like the crew. We're like the crew in Entourage.
1: Ah, that's ill. That's ill. Yeah, like I like that.
2: Entourage.
0: Listen, <laughs> now, Kashif, let me just say this, man. Um, you I feel, this is my opinion, you voicing out um your displeasure about that, or not necessarily your displeasure, but just speaking on behalf of yourself and people like you, colleagues like yourself. Is giving that advocacy that needs to happen because yeah. I think you you made a great point that I don't think that many of these athletes really consider. And, a and some, it's not,
2: and it's not just basketball. How but, many? How, may, how many? I mean, Dominican baseball players from New York never made the major leagues, but know the but know the game and know the business and smart. And they're not they're not, not agents. They could become agents. and be helping these Dominican kids. Yep.
1: And and priest, you better preach,
2: Kashif. And then you see the Dominican kid get robbed from his from his financial advisor from his agent because he didn't speak English yep right so I'm like a Dominican
0: agent I, I I love that
1: that's I mean it's it's basic in a lot of ways right but uh but it's you know I you know people struggle to do things but it's really just put your mind to it and kind of do it right put, your mind,
2: put your mind to it and do it like you can't you can't say funny like my wife she always say like I'm spoiled. I'm only child. i got the only child, and she's the oldest of three. She's like, oh, I hate when you say like, like there's a laundry basket here. I feel like I was struggling to fix putting it together. She's like, I'm saying you can't. Stop saying you can't. Can. Like, I think people get that mentality of like thinking, oh, I can't do this. I can't do it because you don't see people that look like you doing that. You can do that. Yep. Put your mind to it, and you can do it. And I- if you build it, they will come.
1: Yep. That's not just a movie. That's pro. right. That's that's for real.
2: You build it, they will come. And I, I tell people all the time, like. I don't talk bad about other agents. I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I had no reason to downplay someone else to big up myself. Like I've watched the guys I recruited this year tell, you know, agents tell them, oh, why are you going to mess with him? He's a sneaker guy from Nike and Jordan. He just, he just started, you know, like, okay, cool. Like you got to, you, you represent this, 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 and that, but you got to talk negative about me to bigger yourself. So right. Yeah. That's, that's why, that's why.
1: I got, I got go one final ahead. question for you because I got to go and go deal with these kids. Um, no problem. You didn't go to St. Raymond. Now, I think... We,
2: I went to St. Raymond's Elementary.
1: Okay. Right. Yes. And and you, there's a Ronald Patinosh story somewhere in there, isn't there?
2: Mr. Patinosh is my guy. Mr. Patinosh, for people who don't know, was the AD at St. Raymond's. He was the baseball coach. And he also coached St. Raymond Elementary basketball at the same time. Mm. We played 72 games a season. We played in the CYO and the CAA. Yeah. We played 72 games. We barely practiced. And Mr. Pados was a guy that, like, there are some nights after the games, like, my parents couldn't make it because they didn't have a vehicle. So we played for all my parents didn't make the game. You know, someone couldn't take them. He would take me to Sizzler, him and Mr. Sturgis. They would take me to Sizzler. we will go eat. And they'd drop me off home. You know, Mrs. Pados was great. And I remember – uh Coach Gary the Caesar, yep. he was uh, in the summertime and he said to me, So, you still going to Rice? I said, You still going to Richmond? He, like, <laughs> <laughs> he looked at me like, How the hell do you know about that?
0: I'm like, Come on. I know.
2: Yo. All,
0: all I, I, I got to say, all I got to say is, We going Sizzler. We going <laughs> Sizzler. sizzler. Remember, remember
2: Sizzler used to be a question from Serena Yes, sir. That's That's exactly that was right. That was love. So, I used to always go to Sizzler. Get the corn fritters and everything. They had the buff, the uh, salad bar, like you know, it was it was it was great. And I, and I was always it was funny. I was talking to Toro Dubois, who played in man college played at Rice, two years older than me, and he was like, "Man, like it's amazing how you still have con- like relationships with guys that went to St. Raymond's, guys that went to Christ the King, on hollows Lachlan." You know, like basketball made us hate each other, you know. But like for me, I like I knew it was more than basketball. Like when we get on the court, nah, I don't fuck with you. Yeah. Like, I'm going at you. But other, after that, like we're all cool. Like, you know, Scalin's assistant coach, you know, Marcus Matthews, he you know, he played at Bishop Lockham, played at Riverside. We never played with each other. Like right? me and him hang out to this day. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's all it's all love. You know what I'm saying? It's all love. That's beautiful, bro. It's Listen. all love.
1: Um I yo, I, I didn't expect to get into so many different um topics. Nice. with you, all
2: good. It was which, it was it was amazing. It was dope. It was flowing. It was flowing. It was great. Yeah, man. Um look, I
1: uh I I look forward to the opportunity of seeing you on the basketball circuit again. Um yeah, no it's problem. always fun to run into you and kind of see you. I remember when we was at uh at AD's little thing. Well, not Yeah, St. Raymond's,
2: yeah. yeah, yeah Mr. Patnaw's classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, um,
0: classic.
1: That, that was a lot of fun, man. Um, I, I,
0: I, I just want to say one last thing, man. Yeah. I got no... It's, it's all beautiful that you have these relationships with everybody. My gripe is <laughs> you went to St. Raymond Elementary, and then you made a left turn to Rice to our nemesis and rival. It's like the Yankees and the Red Sox. And I just wanted to say that to the world, just in case. So I give you
2: a crazy. St- All right, let's. I'm gonna do one last story, right? I was in <laughs> I was in sixth grade. I was at public school, IS ninety eight on Boston Road. It was like the oldest school in the Bronx, and we didn't have a basketball team. And I played a, I would take the 19 bus every day. Eleven year old kid, ten year old kid. I would take the I take the 19 bus after school and go to Gauchos. and whenever uh, St. Raymond's Elementary had a game, I would go to the game. Corey Fisher, who I knew, dorvel Carter, who I knew, um, George Wilkinson, who I knew, I would go to their games. Dana would be there. Those guys played for the Lightning. And I would be at their games just chilling, watching, like, trying to see some basketball. And, uh, you know, Dana had approached me, approached my dad. I was like, yo, you know, man, come play with us at the Lightning. You know, come play the Nationals. I know you play the Gauchos. You know, come play with the, to us to the Nationals. And uh, we got one, like, uh, little pre-tournament, pre-Nationalman, Easter weekend in Orlando. I've never been on an airplane in my life. I'm 10 years old. He said, we got a pre-tournament in Orlando Come, I was 11. Come play with us in that. Play with us in the National in July. And do that. And, you know, we'll, we'll help him get into St. Raymond's. And my mom was like, you're, you're doing it. <laughs> Get your in, ass like, over there. Like, you're getting out of public school. You're going to Catholic school. I'll call Gauchos myself. And when I went and told Gauchos what it was, Tommy Swinton, Dwayne Campbell, they were our coaches at the time. I told them, like, yo, listen, they want me to go to these two tournaments. They're going to help me get into Catholic school. They was like, go do it. They supported it to the fullest.
1: No hesitation.
2: They supported it. So it was, it was, it was amazing. They supported it. Um, seventh grade, I was there, you know, playing for Mr. Patanosh and... It was it was amazing, and I, mean, I knew I knew in my heart I wanted to go to Rice, you know. Like you said, it's tough saying that like you go to Saranac Elementary, then go to Rice, like. But you know, I I wouldn't change like not going to Saranac Elementary for the world. Mm. Nah, listen, listen, man. If I don't I throw a little great, I just I just moved into a new building in January in New Jersey, and literally the buildings the buildings weird. Like you're not allowed to go to another floor. You're allowed to go to the your floor, the gym, and the lobby. Hmm. And I'm in the lobby, coming out the elevator, and it's my wife and I, and kid goes, but well, that's Cash? And I'm like, yo, what's good? It's so, a kid I went to St. Raymond's with, it was a year below me.
0: I wow. Probably
2: I probably haven't seen him in 10, 15 years.
1: Wow.
2: You know what I'm saying? And, and he's like, yo, I live in here too. I was like, for real? I was like, yeah, I just moved in. He's like, when? I was like, January, I moved into January. Oh, shit. Now this was, this was, this was, this was maybe late April, early May. I've never. I haven't seen him in the building since like in January. It's the first time I saw him in the building, so it's like sometimes like you know people say, "Oh, I regret going here, going there." Like I don't regret anything that happened to me, any place I went, because the people I met, the connections I made, the stories I was able to, you know, and the lessons I was taught. Yep. I wouldn't. I wouldn't change it. People are like, "Yo, you, would you change it right now?" You go like, "Sure." You say you'll change it and have a better experience. But it's like you wouldn't have known like these bumps in the road. Nah. Let me just I just wanted know? to say,
0: if I don't throw a little salt in, in this in this podcast, my brother, they are gonna think this shit is bland. I'm trying yeah. to put some seasoning in here, hear me?
2: Put the seasoning in the podcast. <laughs> Yo, why, why you got why you got a little uh
1: tyco hoop over there? What you got going on over there?
2: Yeah, I got a hoop. So uh last year I lived in Florida. I lived in Florida last year and um for my uh my best friend's daughter's birthday, she was turning two. Um, they brought like the whole family to Florida, and went to Disney World and everything. They rented a, uh, they rented a pool. I mean, a house, like a big, like, thirteen bedroom house with a pool and everything. And we were in the pool, and we we're like playing like tag. We we're playing like little balls, balls. And um, I was like, man, I gotta bring something the next day for us to play with. And it was a Walmart right by the, uh, by the crib. And I went to Walmart. I brought this for like sixty bucks and um, brought it, and I put it at the pool. So like we're in the pool playing with it, like. Um, and literally, when I moved back up, I was like, well, shit, I'm not going to throw this out. Like. Right, right. And, I moved. and then, like, um, while we were in the first Isaiah Briscoe had one, um, he has a nephew, you know, he plays with him and everything. And, like, we'll be in the house playing around and, like, we'll put it, like, out a horse for money and things like that. It was just, it was some fun. It was an icebreaker. Like, when people come to our house now, my wife would be like, all right, you got to take a shot. If you miss a shot, you got to take a take shot. Take a shot, right. Like, you know, like it, it, it's fun. And, like, I have a basketball court outside my building. But of course, it's Corona. It's closed, so you know it's cool. It's cool to be. able to. I, th- to I think I'm gonna start. I'm, I'm gonna go. Shots.
1: I'm gonna run upstairs now. We're gonna do a shot for shot with my kids, right quick. So if they miss, yeah. they're gonna have to have a shot of. uh I just got some fresh hot tequila. Make
2: me a shot of hot ah, sauce. Ah, I, uh,
1: <laughs> I, I gotta put some hair on their chest. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yo, bro, yeah. man, it, it was a, it it was was a, a p- shot of uh, shot of Bar- Barcelo rum. Yeah, you go, kid. That's tú sabes yo um i appreciate you fam um do me a favor text your man sos and tell him let's get that date locked in i got up, you i'm chasing him and uh you. i'll let you know when this joint is dropping
0: all right man appreciate y'all all right bro yo thank you brother be nah, safe thank y'all for sure y'all be safe all right, peace. All right, peace. peace.
1: thank you for listening to this episode of dribbling dimes if you like what you heard Please leave a review or comment wherever you're listening to us now. Check us out on social media as well. We're live on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. On all platforms, you can find us at D-R-I-B-B-L-E-N-D-I-M-E-S.